Welcome to the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast, a Shadowrun 4th Edition actual play podcast. My name is Paul, and I am your host and GM. The player characters are given voice and agency by Veronica, playing Cecile, a.k.a. College Girl, a literal college girl who finds herself abruptly entangled with the Sixth World's shadows. Elizabeth, playing Grace, a.k.a. Nightingale, a literal pony on a quixotic self-imposed research expedition to the Sixth World. Valerie, playing Ollie, a.k.a. Boxer, ex-merc and literal Catwoman, who now plies the shadows in search of redemption. And finally, Cat, playing Deandra, an elven ex-cop who is in search of her brother in Seattle and is literally prettier than any elf has any right to be. Follow along as we muddle our way through the Shadowrun 4th Edition rules. Please feel free to contact us on the Hard Knock Sorority website. Hoi Tummers, this is Zach Flash with KSAF, your last bastion of free and independent news in Seattle. Stick with us, chummers, as we bring you the breaking news of an attempted terrorist kidnapping in the very heart of our beloved Metroplex. You heard that right, Ome. Right here in downtown Seattle, Shadowrunners, or terrorists, depending on your view of the Sixth World, attempted to kidnap a highly qualified research assistant employed by one of our favorite corporate overlords, Evo, at their Washington U research facility. We are set to report that this promising young woman's career was cut short in a blaze of terrorist gunfire. More details at the top of the hour. Signing off, this is Zach Flash with KSAF, bringing you my favorite rock opera, Mother of the Sea by Shieldwall. <clears throat> the scene opens up in an opulent office, high in the Seattle skyline. Floor-to-ceiling windows on one wall provide views of Puget Sound and Council Island. The walls appear to be clad in real wood paneling of a deep red color and are lined with shelves populated with books and curios. The floor is covered in a deep cream colored carpet while the ceiling is covered in a single piece of translucent white material with the luster of jade. It is backlit and diffuses an even warm light across the room. Lush plants stand in the far corners of the room and at its center sits a massive desk with a slate tabletop and a cabinet made of the same wood as the wall paneling. The chair behind the desk has a tall back and is turned towards the view of the sound. A soft chime echoes through the room and a section of the paneling slides away. A woman of Asian descent steps through the opening and approaches within a meter of the desk. She stops. Her hands are clasped behind her back and her head is bowed. A male voice speaks from behind a male voice speaks from behind the high back of the chair. How did this happen, Alice? The woman starts to speak, but the man in the chair raises a hand and silences her with a gesture. The hand is that of a human male. Skin is fair, but appears thin and fragile. You were confident the girl was acting alone, and now I hear that she has escaped. Assisted by several accomplices, who brazenly snatched her from your grasp. The woman bows deeply towards the chair. I was wrong, she says, simply. The man in the chair responds with a dry laugh. Indeed. Well, forewarned is forearmed, or so it is said. You'll find her and her team and learn who their employer is. There can be no more underestimation, underestimating the gravity of this intrusion, Alice. Alice straightens. 
May I ask what is in the files this girl seal accessed? It might help me analyze the threat vector. The content of the files is irrelevant. It is history and should remain so. The man in the chair <clears throat> the man in the chair responds. Take them alive. At a minimum this is a seal. Maximum effort, Alice. Leave no stone unturned. Alice responds. It will be so. She bows again and begins walking towards the door. As she passes through the opening, the man behind the desk says, With your shield or on it, Alice. Her step hesitates briefly, and then the door closes softly behind her. Camera pans out across the city, swoops down into the streets of Seattle, where we see a motorcycle with two people on it speeding through the traffic, followed closely by a large van. All right, you guys, you're up. When we left off, you had uh, you had snatched Cecile from the uh, from the limousine, <clears throat> and uh, Boxer, you had thrown a smoke grenade to obscure your escape, and now you're dodging and weaving through traffic, headed where? Um, I, uh, that's me. Uh, where's the Seattle map? <coughs> Not here. Eh, okay. So, uh, what Boxer's doing? is she's trying to hit multiple different um, corporate or jurisdictional areas to um, throw off any pursuit, or at least make it take longer. Basically, she's taking advantage of data balkanization so that uh, she's going through areas where the um, monitoring systems are divided between different entities that will have to go through bureaucratic processes, etc. Does Boxer use AR? Uh, yes. Is it glasses or goggles or is it cyber eyes? Cyber eyes. Okay. <clears throat> so you pull up a, you've got a map of Seattle and the various jurisdictions uh, brought up in your AR. And uh, are you sharing the feed with um, Grace, who's following you? Uh, yes. Okay. <clears throat> so Grace, you get that uh, in your. How are you in AR again? Um, Grace doesn't have AR glasses or anything, so I suppose the info would have to go to her comm link. It could okay. also be superimposed on the car, right? I mean, it'd yeah. have a smart window. Exactly. So you've okay. you've got it transmitted from Boxer's um, feed onto your uh, your heads up display on the windshield, and okay. uh, Boxer. Um, I believe Kirsten had given you a destination of a nightclub or a club in uh, in Auburn um, to head towards. You've given us both that. Okay. So, <clears throat> Grace, you're you're driving the van. Um, Boxer, you're on your motorcycle, plotting um, a route through the multiple uh, corporate districts in Seattle. And Cecile, what are you doing? The seal is um, not quite hyperventilating, you know, but she looks shaken and is just quiet. Yeah, you find yourself in in a van um, with what appears to be a small horse or pony, um, which in some ways resembles um, a pair of creature you've heard of before, a unicorn, and the this this unicorn this this small horse appears to be driving the van without 
um, any real physical input. Yeah, Cecile's just quiet and like she has her feet up on the seat and her arms around her legs, just kind of like no. She she's coming down from a lot of adrenaline. Grace is just happy that she has stopped screaming. <laughs> <laughs> trying to open the door and jump out. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been awkward. <laughs> right. You rescued her only for her to run away from you. I imagine Kirsten would also be talking to her still. Or <clears throat> are they? Um they are not at the moment. Uh Cecile did rescue her comlink from Alice's hands. So Cecile does have her comlink on her at this time. Boxer, do you have any uh navigation skills? Uh let me check this. I do not believe no. no. All right. Let's make just a a logic and an intuition. All right. Two. I should also say, um, if Grace or anyone else were to look closely at Cecile, she has, like, around her fingertips a bit of, like, a blackness to her flesh, like a poison is setting in. Whoa. Um, I I can just set the car to drive, right? It can do that, right? Um, you'd have to set it to follow. You're, you're going to set it to follow Boxer, right? I was thinking set it to go to the address that I'd been given. Okay, so you're just going to go straight there. Uh, well, I, I had already uh, pulled off and done some evasive driving through... Um, sure, just set it to follow Boxer, sure. Okay, because Boxer is basically headed um, from downtown Seattle. Um, She's not headed through Bellevue because of the tight security. And so she's headed south um, from downtown um, towards Renton and potentially Tacoma and then east towards Bellevue. Or not Bellevue, sorry, Auburn. Mm -hmm. All right, you guys make it um, without further incident um, to Auburn, and uh, which is your home. Which is sort of your stomping. Well, hold on. I want to know what's wrong with Cecile's hands <laughs> before before anything. Have you noticed it? Would I have? Do you want to make you want me to make a roll for that? Looking back at you. Sure. Make a perception test. Okay. Uh, I mean, you were driving. I can give it to the robot. It's okay. Uh, where is perception? What is perception? A uh, skill. Okay, Active. so um, so I need to default. It looks. Uh, I have a clicky. I think everybody has a clicky for perception. Where is it then? It's a it's a skill. It's an active skill. Okay, well then, how what what is its attribute? Intuition. Uh, intuition. Oof. Oh, okay. I guess I did not notice. But yeah, just uh, go ahead and drive, drive there, take her there. So, what was <laughs> happening with your hands again? Cecile? Uh, I'll DM you. A rare form of gangrene is setting it. (laughs) If only. All right. So, all right. So, um, you don't see any signs of pursuit um, as you head through um, down the streets of uh, 
downtown and into Renton and then cutting back west towards Tacoma um, and toward and then into the uh, the blue collar areas of uh, Auburn that are um, you know your stomping grounds boxer this is where where you live and where you have your your networks so you're you're aware of this club um, that Kirsten has given you as a destination and um, <clears throat> it's sort of a known as a uh, it's a very blue collar club um, very um, they play a, a, a version of uh, orcish country music and uh, you know it's the kind of place where you get a lot of line dancing and a lot of orcs um, in uh, plaid shirts and cowboy hats and cowboy boots on Friday nights and Saturday nights. Um, usually you can count on some kind of brawl or fight happening in the parking lot. And uh, you've heard a lot of this from your friend Vicente who works uh, works around this area. So, um, But at this time of day, um, late morning uh, on Tuesday, as you pull into the parking lot, the parking lot is empty and uh, the club appears to be deserted. And uh, about 30 seconds later, um, Grace and pulls into the parking lot behind you with the van. Um, parking lot is basically just a, uh, you know, an asphalt covered space. Um, the, uh, the building that the club is housed in is a pretty mundane rectangular building. Um, the walls are painted gray, the exterior walls. There's a uh, big sign over the door um, that at night is neon lit. Um, proclaiming the name of the club, which I haven't decided at this point. But, um, you know, all sorts of fake country, Western type um, nuances in the name. All right, Kirsten. We're here. I assume you have some kind of plan. Kirsten gets off the uh, the bike and uh, you can tell you've, you know, from your experience from your experiences in the past, in your past employment, you see this sort of that this girl, the girl's coming down off sort of the uh, the adrenaline rush and high of excitement of combat and you know the chase, and she's she's almost sort of shaking a little bit, but she's got an elated grin on her face as she says, "We did it! We did it! We rescued her!" And then she uh, she throws a big hug around you, boxer. Um, and then immediately pulls back when she remembers that she doesn't, you know, she doesn't really know you like that. But she says, uh, thank you very much. I, you know, I owe you one. So I, Cecile, and, sorry, Cecile and Grace, as you're pulling in, you see, uh, you see uh, Kirsten having hopped off the motorcycle is sort of bouncing up and down and then throws a quick hug on, around Boxer and then backs off. And then waves towards you guys as you pull into the parking lot. Mm. Car, unlock doors. And she uh, she says out loud. Um, Despite what you would imagine, Cecile does not immediately get out, but gets up very slowly and carefully. <clears throat> Kirsten immediately comes running up to you. She's all effervescent with you know with the aftermath of the adrenaline and pleased, obviously pleased with herself. And uh, she grins at you and she says, you know, 
You should have taken my call, Cecile. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I know you don't like me, but we're still friends, which uh, is a very weird thing to say. Kristen is a weird girl. <laughs> um, Cecile is clearly not having a conversation right now. She She's just brushing everything off with like a single word response. While Kirsten is talking at Cecile, Nightingale gets out of the car. Kirsten, Kirsten just laughs and says, you're so stubborn. God, just be happy. You got out of there. That wasn't going to end well. Oh, no, that wasn't. The, uh, those are very bad people. Indeed. But what I want to know is what makes you, she points at Cecile, with the trouble to whom? I'm not at all. I doubt that. I mean, as much as any other mage, probably. And what else? They don't. All right. Tell me what happened. What's happened with them? Anything you have. Because maybe we should go inside before we have this conversation. Just a thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's. Kirsten says, sorry, I, I've i got to call my friend. He's a bouncer here. You um, want to and I assume she, there is a private space inside of there with which we can commune privately? Well, it's it's locked right now. It's closed. Let me, let me give him a quick call. <clears throat> she gets on her comm link, and uh, you see her having, you know, firing text backs and forth. You can tell by her eyes she's an AR. And uh, then she looks back. He'll be right. He'll be right here. He he lives right around the corner. Good. Wonder if I know him. Um, about two minutes later, um, a large male orc comes sauntering up, um, dressed in a very standard working uh, auburn style of clothes. Um, <clears throat> you know, aside from be aside from him being an orc, there isn't that much that is stand out about him, and. Uh, he uh Kirsten runs up to him and gives him a big hug and he puts an arm around her and then they walk up and he says, So what's going on here, Chalmers? We need a place to talk privately. And my friend here has mentioned your fine establishment as such a place. Oh, okay. Um well let me get the door unlocked. I've got the key. And he he walks over to the door and unlocks it and motions you over and takes a quick look around and then he looks at Boxer and he says, uh, no trouble following you, I imagine? None. Okay, good. Uh, are your vehicles, should your vehicles be hidden? Mm, please don't touch my bike. <clears throat> okay. The van, however, is up to, actually, would, uh, would the grace be visible? <clears throat> Nightingale is, uh, I imagine she's not invisible and she's just been kind of standing there awkwardly, maybe a little bit visibly tense and anxious as this, this new person arrives. She's trying not to call attention to herself, but still, and, and obviously not engaging in the, the social situation now occurring. But uh, <laughs> there's, there's a very awkward moment for her. The uh, the orc looks over at at Grace and says, "Oh, uh, your 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 pet's not going to make a mess in here, is she?" Um, no, no, she won't make a mess. Y- you know what? Just just leave the van as well. 
Okay, I just don't want any trouble around here. Relax. If she makes any messes, I will clean up after her. All right? Uh, well, I, well, that's... No, I was more worried about the vehicles. If you've got the heat on you, you might want to uh, park them undercover. And he just suddenly grabs her uh, her keys from one of her front pockets and tosses it at the orc. He, he looks startled, but instinctively, reflexively catches them and then looks at Grace and then at Kirsten. And, and Kirsten just punches him in the shoulder and says, don't worry about it. It's all going to be okay. Just just get the vehicles, pull them out back, and, and get them under the overhang. And mm. he looks skeptical, and then he uh, said, oh, shrugs, and all right. And he heads off for the van and climbs in and heads off. And uh, Kirsten's got the door open for you guys. And uh, as I imagine, you guys are all going in with her. Uh, first, um, before that, um, <clears throat> sorry, Boxer... Uh, but takes out her comic and um, commands her bike to follow the van to the hidden area. Okay. Nightingale uh, sighs a breath of relief as the guy steps and uh, climbs up into her van and uh, he scrolls into the doorway as soon as it's open, as soon as she's, you know, uh, invited in by Kirsten. The interior of the club is is dark, and uh, the lights are mostly off, except for some uh, some courtesy lights that are lit. Um, the floor is sort of a uh, a rough hewn um, fake faux wood, uh, made to look like faux planks, and covered in a material that's made to imitate sawdust. Um, it's very much a uh, the theme would be something like that you would imagine seeing out of a Maybe the interior of a barn with the with booths. Um, everything's upholstered in red faux leather, and uh, the walls are adorned with sort of faux pseudo Western paraphernalia, or, or what in in Seattle and in the Sixth World, um, sort of a uh, a stereotype might be of of Western stuff with with cacti and cow skulls and things like that of that nature. Um, some of the few oddities on the walls are what are probably fake taxidermied uh, paracritters of the Southwest. But um, other than that, the uh, interior of the club appears to be empty. The mm, seal is reacting and looking around as though every surface is covered in spikes. She does not <laughs> touch anything. Not exactly my kind of dive, but doable. So yeah, she uh, she starts and she says, "Oh wow! I thought that this was a Native American." And then she suddenly jumps whenever she looks over and sees one of the taxidermy paracritters, and there is the closest thing to like a, a it it it's just a very loud loud squeak. And she stares for a long moment, and then she relaxes. <laughs> she processes what she's looking at. Yeah, I guess everybody could make a uh, perception check again if they wanted to. Well, except for Cecile. Perception. Cecile's at least looking at the stuffed animals. Stuffed animals. I got the three. <clears throat> I got a three, and uh, Liz got a one. So, Ali, you see that you notice that there's a strange uh, that this this woman that you've rescued, this Cecile character's 
there's a strange um something strange about her odd about her hands um it, it almost appears like as if uh there's been a color change under her skin around her uh around her fingertips grace uh, you, don't, you don't notice it but you do notice i mean you're you're enthralled or maybe appalled by the uh by the taxidermied roadrunners and <clears throat> mutated armadillos that are hanging on the wall. You, college girl, you're, mag- you're a mage, right? Uh, yeah, sure. And that would have something to do with what is occurring with your hands? Uh, yeah. Don't worry about it. I am worrying about it. That is my job, to worry. Cecile just crosses her arms and looks away. If this is something that will pose a problem, I need to know it, unless you want it to become worse. And it will not it be me that is... It worse, been. and it's not a problem. Kirsten? Kirsten's starting to calm down. I mean, a lot of a bit of the adrenaline has faded out, and she's looking a little bit more subdued at this point, and she's, um, you know, some of the, uh, the jovial, effervescent mood that she had outside and, and during the, the rescue is, is starting to fade a little bit. She wraps her jacket a little bit tighter around her to uh, covers herself up a little bit. Um, and uh, she's looking at Cecile with some with a little bit of worry as well. So this is not normal, I take it. All right. I understand that you don't want to talk about it, but at least tell me what is happening. It's fine. It just happens sometimes. Right. And does anything happen when this happens? Look, don't worry about it. Just... I am worrying about it. Cecile just I... walks off. Uh, Ollie, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's like, a. it's like being sore after exercising, but for magic. That's what that is with her fingers, I'm pretty sure. Not a mage, I wouldn't know. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> Kirsten says, all right, so so what are we going to do? Um, do you have a place for her to stay? I... Come to Pines. Mm-hmm. What is it like there? Surveillance? Corporate presence? Government presence? Mm. Really? Mm-hmm. This is ideal, assuming you have a place to stay. Uh, I'm sure one of the community members would be fine with taking her in. Mm. I imagine this girl will have some manner of bounty or other monetary incentive for her. Well, I suppose it depends. We still don't know why she is wanted. And by whom. Kirsten says, I don't know a lot. I can't really tell you where I came. I got the information, but I saw the people who were coming to get her. And I knew, well, I knew by from the look of them, who they were. But I can tell you that um, it is definitely a corporation that is after. (sighs) Wonderful. All right. In that case, your pine community, what are the people like there? Are they Um, wage slaves? No. Uh, I, I guess it... It's honestly really similar to my village where I come from. Everyone works for everyone else. And of course, some of us have lives outside of Pines, but it's, it's not. Lovely. Well, I thought you... Wait, what the communist? 
uh, it means you live in a commune. Ah, okay. And yeah, I guess that's what I am. I'm a communist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at that point, the uh, the door opens and uh, the the orc walks in and uh, says, "Well, I got them. I got the, the vehicles hidden." And uh, he walks up to you guys and uh, looks over at Kirsten and says, uh, "Well, uh, by the way, my name's Mo. Um, would you guys like a drink? You're welcome to sit down." Take any of the booths. I'll go back behind the bar and get you a drink if you want. Uh, just, just making sure. Um, Veronica, are you comfortable with this? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, Cecile's not responding. Uh, yes. Mm, ah, fuck it. Get me something you like. Okay. He looks at. Uh, he looks at Grace and says, "I can get you some water too for your horsey." Uh, I don't suppose you have anything involving fruit? Not a real fruit, of course. Oh, I'm sure we do. There's uh, usually some some pineapple juice and some other or juice, orange juice. Uh, orange juice. Get us some orange juice. Okay. And he saunters off towards the, uh, nonchalantly off towards the bar and, uh, Kirsten looks over and says, "Let's uh, let's grab a seat while we talk this through." Oh, indeed, I do believe your friend will be able to stay with these communists. However, if that is not viable, I do have a place where she could um, stay and be secure. It is not comfortable per se, but it is secure and well tolerable, I suppose. I suppose you should contact whoever you intend to, Nightingale. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Nightingale goes for her comlink with her, her, her magic and the stylus. I think she's going to seat herself while she does this, and she fumbles with it for a little while until she can text uh, Miss Magnumfoot. Okay, Mo comes back. He's got a, uh, a pitcher of orange juice and several glasses, and he has... A- a small stainless steel bowl um, with water in it that he puts down on the on the ground near Grace. Oh, the juice was for her. I. Oh, oh I see. What the horse drinks? Orange juice. The horse likes sweet things. Oh, okay. He takes the pitcher and he he just dumps the water unceremoniously on the floor and uh, pours the orange juice into the. Uh, before he can even do that, Nightingale just takes the uh, the pitcher from him with her, tele- her psychokinesis while she's still fussing with the uh, with her comm link. <laughs> he he sort of jerks back and his hands go up to his shoulders and start a look on his face and okay, I uh, yes, I uh, did. Uh, did you guys want anything to drink? As I said, get me something alcoholic that you like. Nothing too intense now. Okay. And he, not a little bit less nonchalantly, hustles back towards the bar with a glance back over his shoulder. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, quite a swim. Hmm. Oh, that, I mean, Grace. Grace does kind of stare him down while he's walking. <laughs> it's not really malicious. She's just kind of weirded out herself. Uh, it, still is a uh, kind of weird having people treat you like that 
he's going to go ahead and drink directly from the pitcher like an animal. <laughs> like take a, a glug or two and then go back to trying to text Miss Magnetfoot. Um, which she's going to do that now. Uh, what would Miss Magnumfoot be doing on a uh, mid Tuesday morning, late Tuesday morning? Mm, assuming she's not doing any shadows work, she's probably like tending to the community garden or helping with some project around town or uh, watching cowboy movies. <laughs> he watches his old cowboy movies. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, are you texting her direct or calling her directly? Texting. Before okay. mm, emojis, I assume. <laughs> Tree emojis. Tree emoji. I'm going to going to text her. Uh, Hi, Miss Magnumfoot. Grace. Uh, and then delete that. The the Grace. I have someone who needs somewhere to go. Uh, they're not safe in Seattle. It's a human girl, like twenty something. Um, it's kind of serious, but uh, we don't really have anywhere else for them to go outside of the city. It would be temporary, obviously. And then I'll send that. Okay. And Mo comes back with a uh... free emoji. Send. <laughs> <laughs> Mo comes back. He's got a. Uh picture of water and a picture of uh what looks like probably some kind of uh soy beer and some glasses and sets them tentatively on the table in front of you guys and then uh looks at kirsten and says uh so do you need anything else right now or should i just uh you know what i'll just go stand by the door and make sure nothing's going on and he uh he walks off and uh stays inside the door but he's watching outside and uh, you get a message back from Miss Magnumfoot uh, almost immediately. And Miss um, Magnumfoot texts, as long as you don't bring trouble to our doorstep, that will be fine. Uh, I, will, I will try to be studious and ensuring there's no way that they can track us off to Pines. Period. Send. Mm. She texts back very Thank well. Thank you. Period. Send. Just remember, this is our home, and, you know, if we bring trouble back here, it won't be our home anymore. I know, Miss Magnum, but Nightingale sends another tree emoji. And then you get the four tree emojis back from Miss Magnum Foot. <laughs> yes, then. sort of means affirmative, all, all good, go for it. Oh, so beautiful. <clears throat> yes, then. Okay. I did not suppose you would be willing to pay for... Uh, Cecile's a good guide for Cecile. I do feel that reusing these vehicles to take her out there would be something of a risk that we should not take. Kirsten says, oh yeah, sure. I can do that. Mm, good. I know wait. a guy. Nightingale uh, stows her, her calm link in one of her pockets. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not taking my, uh, my van back to Pines? Mm, it is probably best if we take, if we leave both of our vehicles in a secure place for a little while and mm, long enough for the our trail to go at least a little more cold. Don't worry. You won't have to be hurt for too long. 
on this. Well, I should probably get my stuff from my car. I like keep everything in there, including my camping supplies. I. Mm. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to miss my bike. Mm. So we have arranged that, assuming, of course. And she looks as, <clears throat> and she looks to Cecile. That uh, what do you want? Is Cecile sitting at the table, or is she still wandered off on her own? She's in the corner. <laughs> She's standing literally in the corner of yeah. an empty bar. You, Cecile, university girl. I don't know. Don't care. Look, we have somewhere safe for you to go. Lay low for a little while until mm, I have someone who can help, possibly with arranging a new identity to... Hold on, hold on. Why was that part? Mm, which part? The relocation? New identity? Yes. We may need to make you something temporary or permanent, depending on who you pissed off. How how long am I going to have to stay with you? I haven't agreed to anything. Mm, yes, but... Well, you are aware of why people take on the guards to escort nobodies, or so you say nobody, out the middle of a dock, nowhere, in other words. It's probably just a misunderstanding. My classmates probably played some kind of prank on me. Yes. Kirsten says, "Mm, I don't think this is a misunderstanding, Cecile. Look, I don't... Clearly it's a very serious one. I don't care to get in your dirty laundry. However, whatever you did, or have been accused of doing, has clearly upset some people in powerful places. You cannot afford to trapeze along, especially in outfits like that, which are rather distinct. (sighs) Her outfit isn't actually that expensive. (laughs) Yeah, but to Boxer, it might look... It probably looks quite um different i mean boxer is a you know comes from a blue collar part of town and has a very different backstory lifestyle upbringing than you do so right all you do is draw attention so you're going to lay low and you are going to become a new person at least temporarily look it's unfortunate it's difficult i get it but it is also necessary and unless you want to take another trip in the limousine with people who are going to be far, far less nice to you after you had an armed escape from them, well, I suggest you get to work on figuring out what you want your new name to be. Lucille looks expectantly at Kirsten. <laughs> Kirsten looks back at you like, uh, what? Me? She's, she's, hired, she's calling a grid guide. Your friend hired us to help you. And that was what we are doing. We are helping you. Kirsten blushes nervously. Uh, I don't know if I said hired. Oh my god. I was hoping this was sort of a favor boxer. You said that I could call you if I needed help. Uh, Seal now has her hands on her head like, oh, this idiot. At the very least, I have to expend the fuel for my motorcycle, ammunition for my weapons. I may have to repair my body armor. Look. Um, these are not insignificant expenses associated with this. And furthermore, I'm a professional. I do not do this for fun. They require payment. Now, I understand. 
If you cannot pay my normal rates, however, you will at least cover my expenses. Which, if we are to involve getting her a new identity, will be notable. Kirsten looks at Cecilia. She, you know, she's got her hands up like, "Hey," and she says, "Cecile, uh, say something." I mean, we rescued you. I was helping you. What, what you want me to put the bill for your hired goons? <laughs> I am not a goon. Uh, get used to it, hon. Ah. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that one in a while. Thank you. For all I know, I don't have any money anymore. Okay? My bank account was through Evo, so if they're trying to kill me, I don't know why they'd cash my checks. That is very unfortunate. I'm not like you, Cecile. I don't have the big the big brain getting sponsored by corporate. I'm I have to pay my own way. I, I work two jobs so that I can go to school. Why do you think I've always tired and don't have notes and I'm coming to you for help studying. What, you think I don't have debt, too? All right, Cecile, do you have anything you can liquidate? Cecile gives a look like, are you serious? <sighs> look, this isn't just me requiring this. I have to pay for professionals to handle your problem. Kirsten says, looks Let's, at the boxer and says, I don't really have anything of value, but I do have some contacts, and I can make an introduction for you that could be profitable for you, Boxer. And she looks around, mm-hmm. and the rest of the this this group, she looks at uh, Grace and says, you, you rescued Cecile, so you have some skills, and I know people who, I know people who are willing to pay for those skills, let's just say. Mm-hmm. This may well, be if they're amazing. anything like these people, I'm sure they're lovely. Why, thank you. I'm here all day. You asked me to foot the bill or pawn my possessions after I got kidnapped. I don't... Can we we please stop with the raised voices? Everyone, we're... Hey, I understand. Everything's really stressful. I understand she doesn't understand. She seems a little out of it right now, but that makes sense. If you went through what she went through, you probably would be. If I went through what she went through, it would be Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Cecile, your comlink rings. Cecile picks up immediately. Um, Boxer, give me a logic plus intuition check. Actually, Grace, you do too. Logic plus mm-hmm. intuition. I don't actually care what the what the caller ID said. Cecile just doesn't want to be part of this conversation anymore. Far. <clears throat> Two. Um, so Grace is pretty certain that the fact that this Cecile person's comlink is still active is a very dangerous situation. Boxer, to a lesser extent, you are looking at Cecile with the comlink thinking, why does she still have her comlink on? Hey, they're they're going to track you by that. So, Cecile, you answer the comlink, and it is your roommate. What's your roommate's name? Hold on. Grace's ears prick and uh, swivel to focus on on Cecile. 
Um, I'm not sure if I'd be able to actually hear the conversation, but I have the equivalent of audio enhancement. Which Her is, name yeah. is Siongbin Yoon. Oh my god. Get her to turn it off. Actually off. Power. None. Siongbin Yoon? Siongbin Yoon. I'll text it to you. You want it off? Siongbin Siongbin Yoon. Okay. You said it yourself. <clears throat> okay, so you answer, and um, it's your it's your roommate. Ah, uh, I had probably just by Yoon. Okay, do you hear uh, her voice on the on the comlink? Um, it sounds rather uh, tense and uh, nervous, and uh, she says, "Cecile, what is happening? Where are you?" I look. It's a long story. Are you okay? No, I'm not okay. They sent what? they sent se- corpse security to to our place. They Boxer is intervening. She's going to take that comlink if she has to. All right. I bet you it's going to be fisticuffs. Yeah, and I know how that's going to go. <clears throat> so, you're going to try and grab the uh, comlink out of Cecile's hand? Yes. Right. Cecile uh, does not let that happen. So, we're going to have to make an opposed test here. Mm, all right, but <clears throat> what are we rolling? Um, agility plus strength seems like a reasonable. Well, since I failed this roll, oh, that's weird. Oh, never mind. Did you both get a one? Yes. It's, it's actually even. I guess Cecile just really wants to hang on to this com link. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> so, Boxer, you you reach to grab the phone, and Cecile's. Apparently anticipated your action, and now you find yourself both struggling for the phone. And uh, in uh, from the comlink, you still hear Yoon's voice saying, "Cecile, Cecile, what's going on? They threw the whole apartment. They've searched everything." Uh, yeah, it. Look, um, just call um, me if anything um, happens. Comlink. It's, it. it's at that point that Nightingale intervenes with her own psychokinesis. She's risen from the. Uh... The, the booth, and she reaches out with her magic and tries to snatch it away from them, too, while they uh, they fuss and fumble with it. All right. That Everybody make that. another test. Uh, well, effective strength would be willpower plus magic. One! Nope. Grace? One, oh, wow. two, three, four, five. Eleven? Yes, because it's willpower plus magic. Jesus. So, Grace, you snatch the, uh, as the two of them are awkwardly tussling for the phone, trying to get control of it, you just snatch it out of Cecile's fingers, and it levitates through the air towards you. She uh, promptly snaps it in half and then dunks it into the orange juice. (laughs) Nothing happens. (laughs) It's waterproof. She snapped it in half. Oh, no, you can't do that. It's... It, it's it's pretty sturdy. Cecile did not invest in the cheap ass comlink. <laughs> Just turn it off. God, remove the battery if you have to. Um, would, would Cecile snapping it in half not actually not work? Would I not be able to do that with psychokinesis? Uh, you would have to make a damage test at least. <laughs> How do I do that? Yeah, if Cecile. If Cecile sees you start trying to do that somehow, she will engage you. All right. You guys. 
Yeah. Roll initiative. <laughs> oh, seriously? Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, I, I didn't roll properly. I have the same one as I had before, so it works out. Uh, boop. I'm going to put that down as 11. Ooh, I forgot to send that to the turn tracker. I, we can modify it. There we go. All right. <clears throat> so, Boxer, you see, you've been reaching for this comlink. Um, Cecile was struggling against you, and suddenly it was snatched from both of your hands by magic and is now, appears to be under the control of Grace. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Remember, you can hold actions, too. Uh, she's holding uh, until after Nightingale acts one way or another, and using free action to say, Turn it off, fully off, not just on standby, or remove the battery. And after that, holding action. It doesn't have a battery. How does... Shatterrun, it's magic. Don't worry about it. So, Cecile, make a... Uh, what would you say? Make a... Make a logic and intuition test. Or, sure. Uh, logic and, yeah, intuition. Logic plus intuition, that would be three. Um, you're, you recognize the validity of these people's concerns at this point. You know, we weren't thinking about it earlier, but um, in light of the situation and having an active comm that is on file with the school and with Evo, <clears throat> I mean, you're you're aware of the validity of their concerns at this point. Field immediately goes, ah, jerk, 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 turns it off. Just mentally. She also runs over to the horse at the, at the start of her combat turn. All right, so Nightingale, you see the uh, the comm link go dark. Um, I think if the screen goes dark, Nightingale isn't going to dunk it into the orange juice. Okay. Any other action that you're going to take at this point? Um, because it didn't break as easily as she was expecting, but now it's off. Uh, uh, I think. Okay, so Kirsten goes next, and uh, her action is basically just to slap her fist, slap her hand down on the table, and say, "Cut it out, guys! We don't need this right now. We're in enough trouble if we're not fighting with amongst ourselves." And Cecile, it's your turn. Where is the comm link right now? It's lying on the table. Okay. In that case, um, once again, um, going to cast a force to levitate, uh, and then do a drain test. So I take one stun. It, it's going into her hand again. <laughs> she cannot let that thing go. All right, we can go out of. Uh, I'm take. I take it we can go out of initiative at this point. Correct. Yeah. I, I would have uh, Yes, so. the shortest combat in D&D. So, your roommate is fine, is what I heard. She's not in trouble. She's not in danger. If anything, that conversation she just had with her put her, uh, with you, put her in I mean, more danger. I don't know what corporate security is going to do. I don't know what's just, going uh, on. No one's explained out. anything to me. The first person that kidnapped me explained well, more than you all have. You... Uh, Kirsten, Kirsten, have a sit down with her. Have a nice long talk, please. Explain everything. Answer her questions. Me? I don't know. I can see that she's a. Uh... Then you guys do at this point. I've... Yeah. I didn't hire you. You're the one that hired us, and you know, 
You know what I mean, and you you know more know about Evo than I do. I don't do. know anything. I know that I heard something. Uh, you guys are gonna make me say it, aren't you? Yes, spit it out. What? I heard something from I heard something from somebody who works in the court. I wasn't right. supposed to hear it. Evo, then we are up against Evo. Great. At that point, uh, Mo turns towards you guys and say, "Oh, uh, there looks to be a grid guide pulling into the parking lot. Who? A grid guide? That would be for our associate here and my equine friend. Where am I going? Are you taking me? You're going somewhere more secure than a club and outside of the city. So you don't have to worry about uh, whatever the hell evil is going to loose on you. So I recommend that you go with her. Sorry, where you... outside of the city? It's some commune. She says oh, it's Oh, great. Lovely. <laughs> yeah, it actually is very nice. All of the people, very considerate. We just, we, we just do things for one another. And most of us, we don't know each other. We haven't been there our entire lives, but it feels, it feels like home, like family. Great. You know? <laughs> so I'm going to be staying with a bunch sure of crazies right in the now. woods. This is just perfect, Kirsten. Would you rather be dead or would you rather spend time with me? I don't know who you are. I am decidedly less present, pleasant than a bunch of hippies in the wood. If you're going to act like that. Sure. Whatever. And Cecile just walks outside. She's done. Kirsten just looks as exasperated. She looks over at Boxer and says, uh, I'm sorry, but I will get you work. I will get you some contacts that will make you money. That's acceptable. And I owe you one. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> All right. What are you guys doing? The seal hasn't gotten in that car. <laughs> Edit. Nothing good. Escort a ticker to you, whatever you arranged. Good. I need to talk to the police. <laughs> okay. Uh, just. How is my a little worse. my audio quality? Is it much different? From... Mostly the same. Mm. A bit. Is it like noticeable? Oh, whatever. Um, I'm going to uh step out with uh sorry step out with Cecile and uh try and gently herd her over to the grid guide. Um, saying. Uh, you can ask me any questions you have. Uh, I, uh, I've lived in Pines for about a year now. I, I know, I know quite a bit about the people there. Look, I don't know you. I'm not going out of the city with you. Um, well, what do you want to do then? What are you? I don't know. Well, well, see, there's an issue there because, um, some rich people don't like you. And they operate in large part in the city. Seal's just pacing back and forth now. She's not listening. It's a. Uh, it's kind of. It's kind of a matter of a. Uh, of a. Uh, I. I don't like the word because it sounds very intense and severe. But but survival, you know. I know that you're scared and you're confused, and that's okay. 
Um, your emotions are perfectly reasonable. Your situation is strenuous and strange. But uh, for that exact reason, you have to be willing to trust others and to take leaps here. Because otherwise, if you play it safe, well, they have the keys to the safe world. Cecile runs back inside and yells at Kirsten. Kirsten, get over here. She huffs and flounces out of the booth and comes over to you. Kirsten, what is our plan? I don't have I don't have a plan. I just was gonna rescue I just wanted to rescue you. What you do now I I can't I don't know what to do. I can't I'm I can't take responsibility for you, Cecile. You've got to take responsibility for yourself. Hey, why wow. can't I just dot lodge with you? Oh no. No no no. I no, no. We're friends, but we're not that kind of friends. Great. So you saved my life, and now you, you're not giving me a place to stay, huh? I, you can't stay with me, Cecile. I'm sorry. Uh, it's for the best. Your friend is associated with where you came from. I have no doubt that they will be examining her. Best to not have you be in the room when that happens. Look, exactly. if you don't want to stay out in the middle of nowhere, you can stay with me. Well, I'm sure that does not exactly appeal to you. And you would have um, some greater measure of privacy with my equine associate. So, it is your choice. If Her, you... you, whatever, I don't care. Just, ugh. Oh, uh, Nightingale brushes past um, Cecile's leg. Mo's standing the at, the, at the Where front door. Mo? He's inside, but standing at the door, looking outside at the grid guide. Oh, it's, uh, it's hey, back. There's the a uh, overhang where the loading docks are. The horse just Waiting talked. for him to realize? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he's been watching it this entire time. And he, he was probably he's, surprised uh, at first. It's like, okay. He's sort of studiously okay. just staring outside. Um... The grid guide leaves. Uh, where? Where exactly? But can you give me like a like an address that we can send the grid guide to so that I can get my stuff? Oh, right. He oh, also the keys. Please. Holds the keys out questioningly, like, uh, how are you going to take this? Nightingale takes it with her magic. It's consumed in this weird, what almost looks like a, a translucent blob of plasma. And she, uh, and he says, uh, well, I can show you. We can get out to your car through the back door. Oh, yes. It's just in behind this close? building where the loading docks are, where we load our our food and liquor shipments. Oh, oh yeah. Let's go do that. Okay. Um, okay. Would you be okay yes. helping me carry stuff? He looks over at Kirsten. Kirsten just shrugs and shakes her head. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> Boxer approaches Kirsten and she says, All right, I don't suppose you have any cybersecurity skills? Who, who, are, who are you talking to? Me? Yes, Kirsten. Or if you're near Kirsten, I guess you'd hear. You're talking to Cecile or Kirsten? Kirsten. But um, if Cecile's nearby, well, she can interject. Cecile doesn't. <laughs> <clears throat> No, I don't. I don't have any uh, any cybersecurity skills. 
Mm, all right. I was hoping to make tracking us a little less easy. Uh, all right. Mm. What, yeah. what are you asking? You want them to not be able to track us? Yes, I enjoy not being in prison, and I imagine you enjoy not being dead. Uh, give me a tag eraser. A tag eraser. Well, you do have one, don't you? Not on me. I wasn't expecting this. <sighs> what? Do you think this is a video game and I carry everything with me? At this point, uh, Kirsten uh, is standing close to Cecile and just reaches out and uh, pats her on the shoulder and uh, says, okay, okay, Cecile, uh, be in touch. And she runs out the front door. Wait, Kirsten. <sighs> she jumps into a grid guide and it leaves. <sighs> All right. So who are you? What's your deal? Um, What's with the gas I... mask thing? Is that for intimidation purposes? No, that is because I'm rather identifiable. <sighs> and because I enjoy having a functional Wait, lungs. Just take the grid guide. I'm no. well aware of what the pollution in this city does. The grid guide that you had called for Cecile left since nobody got into it. And Damn. Uh, Kirsten called her own grid guide. Uh, so Mo and Grace ha- are walking back through the uh, back behind the bar through the kitchen area and out to the uh, through a back door and there's a loading dock with a with a roof over it, sort of a lean to style roof, and uh, your van and boxers motorcycle are parked underneath of it. I provide security of the unconventional and unofficial kind to this area and others. Can you repeat that? I provide <clears throat> sorry. I provide security of the unconventional and unofficial kind to this area. So what you shake people down? I don't no, I am not a common criminal. Right, you're an uncommon criminal, of course. Yes, and so are you. I'm, I have done nothing illegal. Yet. <laughs> Clearly, you've done something that warrants your apprehension by these people. <clears throat> Ostensibly so, yeah. Look, God, I hate this term. I am what people like to call a shadow runner. I think it's a bit of an overblown term, but whatever, people recognize it. Shadow runner, criminal, it's all the same. I don't care what you call yourself. Can we just get out of here? I assume you want to go with me and not my associate. Yes, I would prefer that. You have arms. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I heard that! Right. Chris, I... I guess we can say at that point, Grace is, comes back with uh, Mo, and she's loaded Mo up with a bunch of gear. It's it is literally everything. Yeah, just so about Mo's everything got, she know, owns. You know, backpack on and bags hanging off him. His arms are stacked full, so he can't barely see where he's going. Aw, Ian and Nightingale. She. She's doing some of her, I mean, Grace, she's doing some of her own part, uh, carrying her stuff, but, um, she's evidently, uh, appreciative to have a man to unload her burdens too. But she, uh, she, she comes on up and she says, oh, so you're not, 
you're not no, going to be coming. Unfortunately, not. Fine, it's your choice. It's fine. <sighs> At it, Grace, you well. Mm, I don't suppose there's anything magical that has been done to her that would require your expertise. Um, Nightingale very promptly blinks in a senses, uh, and and astrally perceives and goes on to a sense. Um, both. Well, first, Cecile, but then she'll also check herself okay. a little bit. Sure. Is we making a sensing roll? I actually don't know if you can sense yourself. I think you can. Well, I wouldn't I think you can. Is um, my instinct. So. Is it half or more than half? For more than um, for a glitch. More than half for, yeah. More than successes for More glitch. Successes. No mm. successes for a critical. Mm -hmm. So you didn't glitch. <clears throat> so, okay. Cecile, aside from, um, what's how is Cecile feeling right now? What's her emotional state? Uh, emotion, annoyed, kind of panicking silently, um, very tired. So Grace, that's the the aura you get from her. You don't see any. Um, spells on her. There's no astral tracking of her. Um, she, the the woman Cecile does appear to be uh, magically active, so she's not mundane. And you yourself are, um, you know, in, there's nothing attached to you either. There are no spirits around at the moment, and there's nothing astrally perceiving, and there's nothing um, magically spell casting wise been attached to you okay uh gauging cecile can i tell what her I magic rating is relative to that <laughs> i don't think two is enough for that sensing table uh hits two presence and location of cyberware class of a magical subject fire elemental manipulation spell power focus uh, if you have seen the subject or before, you may recognize it regardless of physical disguises. For one, state of subject's health, emotional state, happy, sad, angry, what subject is mundane. Okay, so I can tell that she is an aspected right. mage? Uh, or is she just a mage? <laughs> Full mage? Uh, okay. You do not have enough to determine what her magic rating is at all. So. You guys are all, we're still suffering the effects of combat too, right, guys? So you, we've still got uh, damage trackers. Yes. Mm, yes. So. How uh, she has a, ooh, she has a lot of stun. Yeah, Boxer has um, seven boxes of stun. Cecile has two boxes of stun. Uh, no, wrong Cecile. Wrong Cecile. Nightingale has two boxes of stun. Which Cecile am I supposed to be looking at? The, the normal Cecile, not the one with the picture. Okay. Cecile has two physical and one stun. She's hurt. Ow. Yeah, so you're, all three of you are, are looking somewhat the worse for the wear. Cecile's uh, boxer's carrying it more better because she's used to it or has experienced it before, but Cecile's looking quite run down as well. Um, her, she's got a the shoulder of her dress is, is or blouse is torn and um, no, no, no. She hasn't taken damage. She's just taken drain. She's. I thought her con her condition tracks as too physical. Yes, but that's drain. 
Well, your boss is still torn. <laughs> GM's prerogative. As you got dragged out of the car, your blouse caught on a sharp <laughs> edge of a metal and, and was torn. Another another inconvenience you can thank this whole situation for. It's fine. She can fix it. In fact, I should note, in case any of you looked hard enough, Cecile is wearing real cotton. <laughs> Boxer would, like, literally not care. <laughs> Boxer would probably wonder why. When there's so much better stuff to be had. You I mean, know, she can actually her own pretty outfit. Fire. All right. It's up to you um, guys to figure out what we're doing here. So, uh, oh, apparently, Steel is coming back with Boxer. Um, Unfortunately mm. for her, uh, yeah. there's a safe house. It's not nice. It's rather decidedly less nice than Boxer's actual place, but it's more secure. Mm. Grace, are you are you guys so what are you guys doing? Are you getting a plan together? Grace mm, That's a great question. I I don't actually know what to do here because the, the grid guide is gone. How much do grid cost. guides typically cost? Wow. Oh, really? No, it's just part you of your overall cost of living, which is sort of your your lifestyle cost at the at the end of every month. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's that makes them a lot easier. Definitely not the kind of thing that I would want to track in in minutia. But if you were, if your lifestyle was uh, like squatter or homeless, then yes, you'd probably have to pay for it. But I don't think any of you guys are at that lifestyle. I mean, now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Technically, Cecile is homeless at this point. Technically, Nightingale is a squatter. Boxer can pick up the bill. She won't want to. You'll have to ask, but you can. Mm, I'm going to do that because I don't have very much money. Though I kind of don't want to leave town now. If Cecile isn't coming with Uh me, I could do stuff still in town. You may want to lay low because you are rather Mm, distinct, even if you were invisible for the majority of that. Sorry. Wait, in what context are we talking? Right, in character. Sorry. Mm, you may want to lay low. <clears throat> boxer, boxer. You may want to lay low, uh, Nightingale. I imagine that someone as distinct as you, even given a limited appearance, mm, may be best served laying low. I. Well, there's a reason I kept my helmet on. Let's just say that. Yeah, I, uh, I know. So. What I typically do is that uh, I I walk the streets uh, invisible, or perhaps taking on the form of a dog. I people watch. I listen to people. I listen to the sounds coming from people's homes. That sounds perfectly normal and not worth mentioning. Anyhow, um, yes, let's get you, Cecile, somewhere where it's. Uh, a little less, mm. a little more secure. Uh, sure, if you Can want. Can I come with? Mm. Uh, okay, that sounds good to me. Um, would I, would I, I be able to stay tonight? Do you want to stay with her? Um, mm, actually, mm, yes. Mm, we're all staying at. <sighs> yes, you can come with. I can't promise that it'll be comfortable, though. Mm. Oh, I have. Uh... I sleep on I a stack of hay. Don't worry do. about it. 
Wake up in the morning, gotta thank God. Then <laughs> go out of giggles. And um anyway, we should probably call the uh the grid guide so that Mo here Yeah, he looks like he's about to break. He's just been standing there due to like, this entire mm, yes, time yes. of all and, of that uh, stuff. Mo's fine. Arms. He's he's a big work. <laughs> Boxer thoughtlessly just um, calls it up with an AR thingy. All right, you're ordering a grid guide. Are you ordering manned or unmanned? Oh, unmanned. All right. It only takes about a minute before the... Uh, I take it you ordered a, a larger grid guide, a van or something? Yes. Before the uh, the van pulls into the parking lot and the doors open and you guys climb in and Mo deposits the uh, the gear that he's got in the uh, the back of the van and then he waves at you guys and says... We'll say hello to to uh, Kirsten when you see her again. It was good to see her. Nice meeting you guys. Uh, yes, nice to meet you too. Have a good rest of your however long. Come by anytime. And go leaves back. Boxer only smiles at that. We're no a friendly way. bunch. He said, we're a friendly bunch. What did he say? And then he uh, he heads off and, and uh, locks the door. So the grid guide, um, Boxer... You're you're giving a destination to the grid guide. Oh, uh, that would be to the second um, second lifestyle, which is the safe house. Sad lumpy one. Sad lumpy one. Sorry, that this is never end. Is she's she's taking them to the safe house? Her safe house. She has one. Okay. Cat bed one. All right. So where where is cat bed one? Um, I imagine it's not in Auburn. It's like in one of the less pleasant areas, not like what's it called, Red Redmond, just like uh, some industrial shithole. Oh. Auburn is probably the industrial shithole. Well, it is, but you can also go to Puyallup or uh, Tacoma's not great either. Tacoma's down by the docks. Um, and it's pretty crappy too, but, uh, between Auburn, Puyallup and, uh, Tacoma, Puyallup is probably the worst. It's basically a step below Redmond. Yet below the Redmond Baron? Uh, step above, sorry. Wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Well, they're going on a trip to a sketchy place. The Topps Company, Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Topps Company, Inc. has granted permission to the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast in any official capacity whatsoever. The music for the Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast was written and performed by Trace Mineral. The Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons License 4.0, meaning you are welcome to use the material as long as you give us credit.